What are you drinking? What is that? It's a blood and honey. Jesus, that sounds amazing. It, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> it's an American lager ale, but it has honey and blood orange and Texas blend of spices. What are you reading right now? The bottle. Oh, okay. I thought it was a draft situation. What is that percentage uh, over there? Is that 12%? 7%, which is still <laughs> really good. high. Yeah. I didn't know that. that. By the end of this, I'll be <laughs> recording a really good podcast. Yep. That's what that means. The more percent, higher percentage, the higher percentage success rate of a podcast, I think. Exactly. And it tastes so good that it just like goes down really smooth. So this is brought to you by Blood Honey or whatever the hell it's called. (laughs) Revolver Brewing Company. Ooh. Texas. Where in Texas? Granberry. Hmm. Where heck that is. (laughs) How's the new house? How's your new digs in Austin? Apparently very echoey. They are. Echoey, echoey, echoey. can easily fix uh, that. Yeah, we still need a lot of furniture. But other than that, it's really awesome. It's nice to have our own space. Yeah. Space to call our own. We have a bunch of empty rooms, a bunch of rooms that don't have furniture or aren't finished yet. So that's sort of not fun to deal with. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> because I'm the one who's sort of dealing with it. There's a couple other team members that are... We're all kind of taking taking turns being the lead person in charge of dealing with like internet companies and the city trash, which is always fun. Things that we typically, a lot of our bigger offices will have an office manager that handles this thing, that stuff, but we're small here in Texas, so that's something you hear very often. I was just going to say that. <laughs> Everything's <laughs> smaller in Texas is the phrase that everyone says. In like opposite world. <laughs> In like the mirror world or whatever. Which when I was younger, I really wished that I could jump into the mirror and like check out the other side. Like in some cartoons that featured that idea. What cartoons featured that? I think it was like Rugrats or so- or Doug or something. Basically, yeah. my, my whole childhood experience was through Nicktoons. Man, I'm tired. Woo! As it should be. Well, you've been through a lot this week. Yes. I had a very, 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 very busy past couple of weeks. On This is unrelated, but related. But Sunday, I had my first, ho- like, I sold art at a holiday market. Cool. So that was a really cool thing. Uh, that was also a lot of prep. It was, so I had, like, a yeah. very long, long days leading up to that. Because I would come home and keep working on other stuff. And then that happened Sunday. And then, yes, and then on Monday, we kicked off a design sprint with a huge group about 16 plus on their end and then two of us so there was around 18 people in the room i've never in my life have been in one that large but i knew that was going to (laughs) happen we knew that was going to happen and we took precautions we meaning i wrote a schedule beforehand that we had a lot of breakout groups of three and so it was a lot of you know, some individual exercises, like the crazy eights, rapid sketching you do by yourself, you know, and share. And then storyboards they did as a group, as I mean, in small groups. And then we, so we did a lot of that. And Vendela, the other designer 
who was co-facilitating. We just kind of switched off on leading discussions and capturing assumptions. And so the pacing was good. And uh, it was interesting because there was a lot of people who kind of came in and out of the sprint. And I was very generous with laptop situation. I didn't really, I'm not going to play police woman or whatever (laughs) for a group that big. Like, they're going to naturally not pay attention, I guess, because there's so many people in the room. You know, like, you don't necessarily have to pay attention if you don't want to, because there's 15 other people who will maybe respond. So it was actually kind of hard in the beginning to get them to speak, because people were kind of nervous about saying stuff in front of the big group. Over time, just kind of worked to make them more comfortable. And I don't know, it was really good. Did you do what we had proposed on this podcast earlier, which is have mimosas on the second day no i wish i really should have done that no i did not (laughs) so you said that getting people to talk was sort of a an issue how did you start to pull people out just the kind of kind of classic thing of like anyone else no one anyone have anything to say about this like just kind of being like a pest like that they're trying to figure out a new offering for their users and they themselves are kind of in that cohort so i asked them to share their own personal experiences and that was a nice way of kind of opening up a little bit there's also one of the mornings like before the sketching i had them go around the room and share their first concert experience which led to a lot of lols a lot of laughs (laughs) And they were like, that's not fair because you guys leave and then we're going to have to be like stuck with sharing this very embarrassing detail with like everyone we work with. And I'm like, that's not my problem. (laughs) 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 My first one was like Backstreet Boys. Okay. You can't get any more embarrassing than that. However, like it was actually, it was great. I was so little. Who cares? I feel like that is very typical. So that shouldn't be embarrassing. Yeah, exactly. I was swept away by the, the boy band craze. What can I say? <laughs> so, but no, it was, it was good. I'm trying to think of my first. I think mine was because my dad brought me to a Bruce Springsteen concert. Nice. So I don't even, yeah, it's not even that embarrassing. No. He dragged me to it. <laughs> my true first one, I mean, I didn't know it was, ha- was going to happen. Like my parents were going to like a Motown like concert. Like tons of people were there, like oh, like, nice. temp, like, temp, like the Temptations, I think. And oh, see, that's really cool. That was awesome, but I don't like to talk about that one because I want to show. It's I want to cool share. And not embarrassing. Yeah, I want to share an embarrassing <laughs> one. Because <laughs> that would suck if I kicked off this thing and I'm like, so my first concert was Nirvana, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, so. I was pleasantly surprised, you know, before you start any kind of thing like that with a large group, you wonder, like, what the politics are, who's going to be the dominant voice in the room. Like, there was none of that. It was such a democratic process, like, throughout the whole thing. Everyone was really thoughtful and respectful of each other, and they really looked to us for guidance on how to help them, you know, get consensus on a thing. So... It's really awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. I had the opposite experience. Last time I ran a big design sprint, it was 16 people, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And the biggest issue is it was a bigger company. Mm-hmm. And they had a lot of people that wanted to weigh in onto the process of this app. And they were from all different departments. Yeah, and they were same. all of the, the same-ish level, mm-hmm. which was awesome. 
except for the the person who was supposed to be the decision maker was not at their level. They were actually below. And so there, there were definitely like politics at play mm. where they didn't really want to make a decision because with every decision they make, they'd have to piss off one of one of the yeah. people above them in the, the chain of command. And she just didn't want to do that. And so it, it certainly derailed the process and they weren't very democratic about it, which was disappointing. So how did it end? How did you guys feel about it? Was it a success or a failure? It was a success only because I stepped in and started making decisions and they kind of were all okay with that. Yeah. But that's not something that I really like to do. Like, I'm not going to be the product owner moving forward. And I don't like saddling people with decisions that I've made or that I think might be best. It was definitely the the hardest sprint I've ever run because there were so many voices involved and because they weren't democratic at all. And... It took me a while to realize that I needed to be a little forceful yeah. in terms of how we were going to move that sprint forward. Yes. I think we were kind of forceful, too, a little bit without even really knowing it or being aware of it. I, I think it helped to come in as the role of facilitator and outsider who's clearly here to help your group come to a decision you know, because we aren't going to be working with them after the sprint. And this was only for the sprint. And maybe, you know, in the future we will. It'd be awesome. But yeah, it was it was interesting to guide the conversations. And, you know, <laughs> at one point I, I said something like, I have to slap my wrist here because I'm going into solution land a little bit. But like throwing out an idea and like people kind of picked up on that too of like, oops, here's, you know, not to, not to go into solu- <laughs> like solution land or whatever. But, you know, like, I don't know. It was, it was kind of cool. Like, I think at towards the end, they kind of got the hang of stuff. And we voted on a lot of ideas. So just to kind of keep it, yeah, like democratic. And I think they were kind of really amazed at how we were able to get them as a group to come together on an idea because there are so many different ideas. And the same thing with yours, different departments and interests and motivations. But the higher up people... They were present for like the first day and then they kind of they just kind of dropped off after that. So, yeah, people kind of came in and out. It was overall like a really it was a really good experience. It's a weird thing, too, because it was in a different it was on site at their office. So it was a different commute in the morning. And, you know, it was interesting like to change it up or whatever. I like the idea of solution land. Yeah, I feel like it's it's part of Disney World, and, and you go <laughs> yeah. to Tomorrowland, and then you go to Solution Land, yeah. and you have all the different solution rides there. Yes, well, I like to call it out. Track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I, I like to call out before I say something like that, just to kind of you know get people in the habit of not. This is not about solutions right now because it was it was really early yeah. on. That's a much more fun way to do it than what I usually do, which is like point out, hey, you're doing a solution or hey, I'm doing a solution here. And it's it's more not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it was it's funny. We took a, <laughs> we, we took a lot of breaks, too. It was a very relaxed schedule in a way. There was a lot of stuff that we learned, you know, from the large group. And in some ways, it was easier to do with a large group than a smaller group because you know, they weren't as invested necessarily. Like this was just an exploration of a thing that they were thinking of and needed mm-hmm. some guidance for their team. 
they were definitely invested, but it wasn't to the extent of, let's say it was like two co-founders who they just quit their job and this is their livelihood. And you know what I mean? It was not as yeah. as high risk as that, I guess. There's certainly a lot more on the line when it when it is their baby, mm-hmm. I guess, is, is what I would say. For sure. At least it feels like it. Yeah, definitely. So it's a busy week. And then I, I worked a few hours extra late last night because I had to I had to give a presentation today that I didn't have any hours or time to do. So I did it last night and it was on how to co-facilitate a design sprint because we're pushing for more people like because, you know, we have two thoughtbotters, you know, developer and designer or two designers who run sprints. But mm-hmm. You know, in the past, like, because it's called Design Sprint, it's always been kind of assumed that the designer would run it. But I think that we did a bad job of communicating exactly how you can support someone as they are facilitating a discussion or leading a discussion. So I was I wrote up a lot of pointers as to how you can support someone while they are leading a discussion or leading a particular activity that we do in the sprint. So just kind yeah. of being an active listener writing down assumptions as you are managing and leading the group discussion, you know, it's helpful to have like a scribe. So, because you can't, it's hard to do all those things at once, which is what we used to do. (laughs) And then it would lead us to being completely exhausted by the end of the week. I've actually been calling it more product sprint Mm -hmm. because I feel like that better describes, I know on the the book, they just call it sprint. Yeah. Maybe we just call it sprint. We do a sprint. (laughs) Mm -hmm. eliminate all, all the words. I've been calling it a product sprint just because I feel like it originally was called product design sprint. And it's definitely design heavy, but it's essentially product thinking throughout the entire, exactly. entire week. And there's no reason why, like I think our developers in particular, they're product oriented, which is really amazing to work with as a designer. Yeah, And because of that, there's no reason why they couldn't facilitate definitely. the design sprint as well. It makes you a better everything. It makes you a better facilitator. It makes you better at challenging, pushing back, you know, Mm -hmm. uplifting someone, making someone feel comfortable. It makes you better at just kind of taking read of the room and being able to just, you know, help in that in that way. So with everyone that I do, I always feel it feels more natural you know, as you do more, but it's a, it's a tough, it's interesting learning curve because it really puts, forces you to go out of your comfort zone (laughs) if you're not used to doing those things, you know? Yeah, I definitely hated doing them. I loved the output that we would get, Mm -hmm. but facilitating them, being in charge of facilitating and designing, especially for, I think where that really starts to drain people is when it's a larger sprint. Yeah. Or even medium size, like any any size above like four people, it becomes hard to both participate and facilitate at the same yeah. time. Yeah, it's kind of impossible. I mean, it is possible in that we've done it, but it's hard because you are not as effective if you have to, again, like read the room, ask the questions, ask follow-up questions to what they just said. And also while they answer, think about, is that an assumption or is that like a, how could I make a, how might we statement from that? Or, (laughs) you know, like, or is this more of a parking lot thing that they just said? Like there's, oh my God, the amount of like filters you have (laughs) to Mm -hmm. keep track of. For me, sometimes when I was really just leading the thing, 
I would miss so many of those things because I wasn't, I was more interested in nodding, being engaged. Like that was my focus. And again, like facilitating the conversation, not necessarily writing down everything then, you know, that all these inferences I can make from them, you know? Yeah, I'm in like all business mode right now. I know you made some jokes before and I, I totally appreciated them, especially the solution land one. That was really, that was really good. Like for Disneyland, but like different solutions for stuff. So thanks for that. <laughs> you just explained my joke, which... <laughs> yeah, we're just talking, Tom and I. And he, he was like, you talked a lot today. And I was like, I know. Because like, I gave that presentation and talked like a half an hour, like 25 minutes straight of just like walking through this thing. So I just had a ton of ice cream too. <laughs> That's all I have, Kyle. What about you? I think we need more ice cream in our office. Yeah, I think so too. I guess I have beer and that's basically the same thing. Yeah, it is. It's in the same <laughs> realm, I think. Things that give you joy that mm-hmm. in a large amount probably is not the best for you. Yeah, just like most. That's like most food, I think. What kind of ice cream do you have? Oh my God. Well, Vendela, designer here, who I just mentioned before, she's moving to New York soon so her last day is next week and she's trying to sweeten sweeten the deal here by like making us ice cream she's really good at that (laughs) so she made us a ton of ice cream like chocolate chip cookie dough and peanut butter cookies and cream oh that sounds so good oh i mean it's like addicting it's horrible it's so good so (laughs) it's just very delicious (laughs) Tom just sent me a Slack message saying I need to return the house because it's too echoey. <laughs> <laughs> How do you like return a house? How I don't. I can't. I no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, maybe I need to just find a better room, or people can just deal with my echoeyness. I think that's the solution. That might be the solution. I bet that clubhouse would be a really good sound room or something. I don't know if it will. No. I don't know. I'll have to figure something out. I'm sure you will. Next time, I will do this out on our porch. That would be good. (laughs) I won't have any echo. That's true. You won't have any echoes, but you'll have plenty of birds and plenty of cars and (laughs) plenty plenty of wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It is really windy today, too. It's probably too cold. (laughs) But at any rate. Yeah, probably. You just have to come back to Boston and we can record all our podcasts together in the same room. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's in in the budget for me to fly to Boston every other Friday. Well, that's out of your own pocket, Kyle. Come on. Uh. <laughs> Take one for the team. <laughs> what are you working on? Anything new? Not really. I think we talked about the project that I've been working on that's sort of at a point where they don't need me too much anymore. So this week has been mostly hiring stuff. We're rolling out the new hiring process that we talked about, I think, on the last episode. We're communicating that to the rest of the team, doing interviews, and doing some local sales here in Austin. Cool. And then all of the other, like, office stuff. Yes. Ordering furniture, figuring out what we need in the short term, documenting everything that we need in the long term, which might include a soundproof booth for me to record these 
and kind of going from there. Oh, talking to the internet people has been a good chunk of my week. Oh, boy. Is <laughs> <laughs> in a good way or a bad way? I think anytime you have to talk to internet people, it's a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, we've had some weird troubles with internet here. And I'm like, what year are we? Like, really? We still are getting dropped? Why? I don't yeah. get it. You know, and like the weird phenomenon of like on one floor it's okay and on another floor it's not so good. And it's just, what? I mean, now it's okay. Like we've we figured it out, but it's such a weird trial and error thing. I wish that yep. you can fix it yourself. That's the really frustrating thing about the internet is that I wish I can just have my, like roll my own internet, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how, how might I, mean, I do the, that? <laughs> the issue, I mean, Boston is three times the size-ish as here and it's just like having nine to ten people that are using a high amount of internet at all at one time mm-hmm. off of one modem i think is a really challenging problem yeah it seems like a challenging problem we'll just have more modems i just like i don't know <gasps> can i do a quick sidetrack here because you just shrugged and it reminded me of something <laughs> sure i shrug all the time i know but it was a very notable <laughs> shrug <laughs> We, during Palooza last week, which was our end of year hackathon, so every office we take two days and we have a hackathon and we work together locally on projects that we want to do. And it's really fun. We would do games, we do, you know, enhancements to what we currently have, we build stuff, it's really cool. And then at the end of that, we have a big dinner and all that, all that fun stuff. So I wanted to tell you that it's in the App Store right now. We built a game, me and a team, we built a game called Thought Emoji, and it's basically a game where you have to match the emoji that you get with the category that it belongs in, and it's surprisingly very hard to do. Oh, yeah, that would be very hard. Yeah, so you can download it. Again, it's Thought Emoji. We should put a, a link, and by we, I mean Tom will yes. put a link to we'll it put a link. in the shots. It's very you, new. Tom. You know, we just built it. We built it in two days, and it's in the App Store. And so there's, you know, there's going to be bugs, but we are actively Would working on it. Would you build it in? Oh, it's React Native. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I also got to kind of jump in and do some React Native design, like styling, for the first time. And it was really good. It was pretty intuitive. I still have mixed feelings about React Native. As long as I was able to do this in like a few hours with the, that's all I cared <laughs> that's about. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's awesome. Everyone should download it. Download it and play it right now. Yeah. I actually, during Palooza wrote HTML and CSS for the first time, I think all year. Wow. How was that? Did you for remember? ThoughtBot. I, I've done my own site and wrote HTML and CSS for that, but... Because earlier in this year, I was working on a React Native project, which is not really HTML and not really CSS, but kind of. But yeah, it's like a weird not really cousin. A frustrating yeah. point. And then more recently, I've just been working in Sketch. So it was nice. We used Grid, which was the first time I had a chance to use that. Mm. And that was fun. And uh, we made a activity feed for the house so that we could be updated of ThoughtBot global things. So it's things like seeing ThoughtBot Twitter and our Instagram. Cool. But also local things, like anyone locally can just type a message in Slack and it'll appear, we're gonna get a TV for our main working area and they can just type something in to Slack and it'll appear on that. 
Cool. So it was it was fun to actually contribute HTML and CSS to a project. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so that that feed is for a television. Like that 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 is a show on a monitor somewhere. Yes. That's cool. That's one of the things that I will continue to work on here is we need to get a TV to display that on. But yeah, it's it's meant to be on a TV, which was also really interesting to sort of design for. Me and Sam, the design director here in Austin, we were working on the design together. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like trying to figure out how to best design for that kind of a screen. We eventually, someone brought in their spare TV, so we got to sort of design for it with the color contrast there, mm-hmm. which was the biggest thing that we were worried about. And text size, too, was yeah. was interesting problem just to, to try to solve. So were you treating it, at, like, how did you get it on, on the television? Like a second monitor kind of a thing? Yeah, so one of our developers was streaming our production. We just kind of spun up a really quick Heroku app. And he was streaming that on a Chromecast. Gotcha. The Chromecast had the ability Mm. to just take a website and make it a Chromecast app, I guess. And so anytime we pushed to production, we'd see the updates. Sometimes he would manually have to force it, but yeah. That's cool. It's cool. We had a bunch of things that we wanted to get in, but you know, we had two days and not enough time. But one of the things that I kind of want to force one of the developers we were working with to put in was a a photo, like an internal photo component too. Mm-hmm. So people could just throw personal photos of like their weekend or whatever into <laughs> yeah. a Dropbox folder and it would show those as well. Fun. So we could see more photos of kids and dogs and weekend activities, drinks, food, that kind of thing. That sounds lovely. Segways, things of that nature. That's always implied. It's implied. I took a photo <laughs> of uh, a Segway store I saw in a mall when I was in New Jersey, and I will send it to you. We <laughs> all business. <laughs> Moving on now. Now. <laughs> I don't know if that makes me really excited. That now that every time you see a Segway, you're like, "Oh, Kyle," or makes me sort of depressed. Oh my god. <laughs> The store was insane. Is was it like like a Tesla store in the like mall? It felt like that. It was actually <laughs> next to a Tesla store, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah. That is really really amazing. Do do you always like wonder how they get cars into stores? It uh, was it on the second floor. If it's on the yeah. second floor, yes, yes, yeah, I really it was. do. Yeah, like I, I really want to know how they get cars into the store if they build it in the store or if they drive it down the mall because i want that job i want to drive a car into a mall i assume they drive it into the mall yeah i guess or like what a freight elevator that must be yeah i don't i bet you they do have a big freight elevator that could probably (laughs) fit a car that we just don't see (laughs) what an assumption (laughs) <laughs> There's a part of me that wants to be like, uh, like most mall, two level malls, you know, on the second level, they'll have like an open area. Yeah. To, so you can look down to see the first. So it's like almost like a balcony. Type oh, yeah, thing. that's true. I just love the idea of them bringing in equipment so that they can hoist the thing up between the two balconies and yeah. like put it on. That's what I'm picturing in my head because okay. it's like the most complicated version of doing this. It made me wish that I could have, whenever I've moved, 
I could just kind of have a pulley system for like all of my stuff rather than carry it up tons of stairs. Oh, oh like an elevator. Who knew? But yeah. I had, you know, I lived in buildings that didn't have elevators. So I was like, I wish I can just hoist this couch up through the window. Would all of your furniture fit through a window? No, that's definitely <laughs> an issue. It's like such a good question. <laughs> I think we've got enough enough here to call it a day. I think we can so. end it on cars in malls. Sure. <laughs> I think that's a great way to end it. I mean, how could you really, where do you go from there? You know? I don't know. You can get our show notes at tentative.fm slash 63. You can email us at hosts at tentative.fm. Just hear you that? Can t- Nice. The mic picked that up. Yep. You can ride motorcycles down 6th Street in Austin at tentative.fm. <laughs> <laughs> you can rate us. Tweet at us. Okay. Oh, yeah. You could do both of those things. Tweet and rate us at the same time. Uh, you'll need two different devices, but tweet us at tentative.fm and then rate us on the iTunes. And download Thoughtmoji while you're in the... Download the the Thoughtmoji. That's Thought, and then M-O-J-I. And, yeah, that's all we got. Well, you know, Kyle, always a pleasure, you know? It was just... Have a good weekend. You too. Try and relax a little bit. Oh, I I definitely, definitely will. I'm excited. And I will talk to you next week at some point. Awesome. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay, goodbye. Wave, wave. This podcast was brought to you by ThoughtBot. We are experienced designers and developers who turn your idea into the right product. With local studios in Boston, San Francisco, New York, London, Austin, and Raleigh, let's build something great together.